admire your strengths and connect with your weaknesses. Let's dig into this little tidbit of wisdom and so much more today with Jessica Ogden, the Director of Marketing with Justin Brands. Let's grow, Thrivers. Hey, friend. Welcome to the Thriving Equine Professional. Are you wondering how to make connections to build a career in the equine industry? Not sure where to look for the support you'll need to land a dream job? Maybe you're feeling frustrated or stuck. Hey, I'm Jody. I was that girl with no clue how to navigate landing a great career in animal health, but I knew this is where I wanted to be. I look back and cannot believe the roles I've landed and the people I call friends. Inside this podcast, you will meet key connections, build your career confidence, and find the advice you may not know you need. So if you're ready to grow your career and thrive in a job that you are passionate about, you're in the right place. Get the ponies fed and fill those water buckets. It's time to grow, girl. Thrivers, do not miss out. There are two huge opportunities that I want to make sure you are taking advantage of. The first is Next Gen Equine Vet Med. So spring 2024, I'm hosting five locations for Next Gen Equine Vet Med. And that means if you are an undergraduate student with any interest in pursuing a career in or around the equine veterinary medicine industry, you need to be at one of these locations in the spring semester of 20. 2024. So head on over to my website, www.jodyspeakslife.com. That's www.jodyspeakslife.com. And get yourself registered for one of our locations for spring 2024. You can choose from Nebraska, Georgia, Texas, Kentucky, or West Virginia. So head on over and get that done. Secondly, my calendar is filled for 2023 and I am booking for 2024. So if you are part of any organization that is looking for a dynamic, productive workshop based on communication and behavioral styles, you need to reach out to me today. I am having so much fun working with organizations around the country to really drive greater communication, collaboration, effectiveness, and productivity. So reach out today and let's talk about how I can help you and your organization succeed and exceed expectations and goals. So with that, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to my favorite day of the week, Thrivers. It is time for another episode of The Thriving Equine Professional. And we are lucky today. You know, I always want to encourage you and highlight these connections that I am getting to make. I continue to tell you to go out and make new friends, if you will, and find people that are 5, 10, 15 years ahead of you doing the things that you are doing. And so today I am bringing you a brand new connection that I found through LinkedIn. So you know that I want to continue to encourage you to utilize and leverage LinkedIn. And our guest today is a perfect example of someone that I am bringing you because I met her 
through LinkedIn. And I reached out to her and she was willing to come on and be a guest on the Thriving Equine Professional and share her journey with you. So Jessica Ogden, welcome to the Thriving Equine Professional. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this. Yes, we are excited to have you. So as we jump into who you are and what you do and what your career journey looks like, I do want to start out by highlighting to our listeners, this is always a favorite of mine, you are really in your first decade of your professional career. And I really think that that resonates with so many of our listeners, because you as a graduate of Texas A&M in 2015 have really done a lot. And that's a really huge transition, not only from student to professional, but through the first role or two or three within that first decade of our professional career, that there is so much going on that we have the opportunity to learn and build upon. So let's start at the beginning, Jessica, and tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and where you are and where you're from. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think in the past, you know, 10 years, I've had, I've been so lucky to have these opportunities that are so different in their own sense. And I think the commonality between all of them is I love horses. Like end of the day, I'm that crazy horse girl. I'm never going to grow out of that. It's never going away. So I grew up in an urban environment. My family had no connections to horses. I begged my mom to take horseback riding lessons once a week. And then it became twice a week. And then it became leasing a horse and buying a horse. And then uh, I did high school rodeo and that horse ended up getting injured and got another horse to be alongside her and be my rodeo mount and went into college thinking I was going to do college rodeo and that I was going to be a vet. And I got to college and my second horse, she had EPM. So that was not in our cards. And I uh, took OCHEM and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be a vet anymore. (laughs) Organic chemistry kills so many veterinarians. So that one got me. And I, for a while I was like, what am I going to do? There's only one thing to do with horses. And that's, well, two things, either a vet or you train horses. And I was like, well, I'm not riding. I'm not on this college rodeo team. What am I going to do? And so I had the choice between two different internships. One was at the four sixes ranch, which is a historic quarter horse ranch and cattle ranch in kind of panhandle of Texas. And it was raising up their yearling or their weanlings and getting them ready for their yearling sale. And then the other one was being a Wrangler horseback instructor at Camp Lone Hollow Youth Camp down in Central Texas. And I was like, it's my first summer of college. Let me have fun. And then I'll get, go to the serious job, the, the yearling job. I went to summer camp, fell in love with working with kids and horses and completely changed my major into youth development. My end goal is to have a halfway home with kids and horses. And I was like, but I need to have a career first, be able to build the capital, make the right connections of people that are going to come in and support something like this and have the infrastructure. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to be a boarding manager. I know how to take care of horses. And so no one wants to hire a 22 year old fresh out of college to be in charge of 60 horses. Um, Shocker. So I was like, what am I going to do? And I knew that I wasn't someone who's very good at sitting at a desk for a long time and having the same thing happen every day. I think that's something a lot of horse people, we learn this because every day is different with horses and you just, you never, as best you plan, it's never going to go according to that plan. You got to be flexible and there's a little bit of chaos. And so I was like, okay, startup makes sense. 
started looking in Austin and I found this company called Protequus. And it was a gentleman named Jeffrey Schaub and he lost a horse to colic overnight. And so he developed a smart halter that detects colic, early onset of colic in horses and alerts owners. So I reached out to him and I was like, I know nothing about biomedical science engineering. I am not a technology person, but I get what your customers are afraid of because uh, I've been there and it's scary. And so I basically just kind of, he wasn't ready to hire anybody yet. I kind of just hounded him honestly for about six months while I was a nanny, but I believed in what he was doing and his leadership and everything. And then he brought me on as his first employee. And it was kind of just being his right hand for a while, helping out with customer sales and things like that. And then it started... Let we're a startup, so small budget. Let's start bringing stuff in house. Let's learn, go to YouTube University, learn how to do social media, learn how to do graphic design, photography. And it started kind of just all coming onto my plate. So it evolved into a marketing role and spent a lot of time going to shows like Wellington and like the, the Kentucky Horse Park in Lexington and going to some of the you know, the elite jumpers that live in Greenwich, Connecticut, just really the span of it. And I come from a Western background and it was so cool getting to know the English side of things and realizing we're just horses. We're, you know, we just love horses here. That's the commonality. And uh, so, yeah, fell in love with marketing. I think it's the perfect combination of analytical and problem solving as well as creative. Cause I think I'm, I like to say I'm like 60% creative, 40% analytical. And then uh, my husband and I moved up to DFW to follow his job. And so I freelanced for a while doing odds and ends marketing support for different people in my photography business. So did the startup environment, then kind of did my own business for a while and then found just the dream opportunity developing content here at Justin Brands. Grew up wearing Justin boots. So it was really, really the perfect job for me. And I've risen up to director of marketing here and I could not ask for anything more. It's just perfect. Wow. You know, what a summary of what you have accomplished, some of them being goals that you truly set and others being unknown doors that opened along the way. And those are really the stories that I love most to share with our listeners. And so, Jessica, there, there was so much in there about really setting some of those goals. And I want to start with, okay, you thought you were going to be a veterinarian. And my question there for you is, did you really think you you were going to be like you wanted in your whole heart to be a veterinarian or did you think because there were so limited in our minds at that point that there are just these limited opportunities in and around equine of what we can do if we want to work in the industry yeah i think it's kind of a combination but more so the latter i think growing up especially like in high school when i was dealing with that injury to my horse's foot our vet was just she was my guy, you know, she was like, man, you're the one that like is bringing so much insight and I I'm so thankful for you. And so I think I really admired her specifically and just the role that she was playing and helping us figure this out with my horse. But beyond that, I think it was, I watched RFD TV and read the magazines and it was all about either training horses or being a vet. And so I really, I really didn't even know that there were other jobs in horses. And like, of course there are, but at that young age, I really, I really didn't. I don't think it's something that we necessarily talk about as much as an industry. Yes. Well, and I love to hear that because I feel like that is a gap. 
and that there are so many young people. My focus continues to be undergraduate students, especially, but to your point about your passion for youth and youth leadership with horses, that that's exactly what this is. I recently got to speak to a middle school ag class, and you just want to continue pouring into them all of these opportunities that are out here. You are now the director of marketing at Justin Brands in Texas, and that's a really huge title. And you do get to work around horses and horse people and the industry and all of those things. But we wouldn't have known that necessarily when we were making a list of career opportunities in high school or, or college, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many. You think about, oh, you could be an architect for barns. You could be an engineer associated with horses and people that make all the different show rings. I know that that's like the jumping courses and the event courses. Those are huge and graphic design, photography, writing, broadcast. I mean, there's so many different things you can do and still be getting paid to do something where you get to hang out with the animal you love the most. <laughs> yes. Amen. I love that. And so as you have kind of grown through these transitions, one of the things that I want to highlight, as you kind of mentioned, is you went to work for Protequus. You made that happen. So let's start with A, you made that happen. And B, you challenged yourself to be a learner. And you had come from a primarily Western background. And this was certainly a real step very deep into the the English sport horse world. So let's start with you created that opportunity for yourself. And I heard you say that you were very diligent with the owner of that company for the first six months. And I love to call that stalking so that our listeners kind of remember. It is our responsibility to take ownership of what we want to do and where we want to go. And so I think that really reflects on your curiosity and your passion and your perseverance. So talk about that journey into to Protequus. Yeah. And I think it was, I'm not someone who naturally has a lot of confidence in myself. I think that's something that doesn't come super naturally to me, but I knew that I was a really hard worker uh, all throughout high school. I had two part-time jobs to be able to pay for the horses and I fed them every morning, every night, and they lived 20 minutes away from us plus school. And so it was a lot. And, but it was like, that's what you have to do to support the thing you love. So I knew that I was a hard worker. And if I could get my foot in the door, I knew that I would prove to him that I was a great hire. And so I knew that it was all about just staying top of mind. And every time I met with him, I tried to bring some type of value to him not just trying to like suck value out of him and get what I wanted. And I think that that's something I like to see a lot of people that reach out to me. And, you know, you think about a professional who they're very busy. Uh, they've got a lot on their plate. They have all these objectives, personal and professional. If you can come in and bring value to some type of conversation, whether it's an idea or a connection you may have or some insight, he didn't know the Western industry. So I was kind of talking him through this is how a reigning person is a little bit different than a barrel racer. And that brought value to his decisions to whether it entered the Western market or not. And so it was always, we were just kind of building on this and kind of building that trust and that equity and just being pretty sure that I was going to bring value once he he brought me in. I think he can confidently say that I was able to do that. And I'm so thankful I, I did because he was a great first mentor for me. 
That's incredible. And really speaks to, again, what I call your grit, right? Passion and perseverance uh, there. And so you spent about five years with that brand, Jessica. And so tell us then a little bit about the transition. Was it time for you? Were you looking for something different to move on to? Yeah. So we, it was, it was based in Austin and my husband and I, he got a job up here in Arlington, just South of kind of Fort Worth and Dallas. And so it was right when we were buying our house and I had started getting deeper and deeper into the photography side of it for Protequus and really started falling in love with it. And I was like, man, I can make this work. And so it was really just the perfect time of we're moving up uh, you know, out of the city to, to get some land for ourselves. We had a shop in the, in our backyard that we built a little horse studio for photography. And it was really just kind of perfect timing. It was certainly uh, very bittersweet. And I still keep up with that team very regular because it really was like, I don't think I would be here today without that foundation that, that especially Jeff gave me and the connections he gave and just the, the work ethic that he taught me and how he believed in me. I think a lot of my professional confidence honestly comes from him because he believed that I could rise to the occasion and he put more and more on my plate and kind of let me rise and build that confidence. And so that's something I try to do here today. Uh, I manage a team of uh, mostly younger women. And so I try to do that same thing and kind of pass it back that way. That's incredible. And as my listeners know, and our listeners know in previous episodes, I cannot say enough about connections, but those connections becoming purposely and intentionally mentors and champions. And so when we do, as you say, bring the value and put our all into it and really show that we can do it and continue to learn that those mentors and champions really do create our long-term success. So I, I think that's an incredible story and a shout out to Jeff and his leadership because that's not to be skimmed over either, right? We are always being asked questions about how do I find great leaders and how do I know if I'm going to fit in to a team or a culture. And, and it really is very intentional of bringing your best self and bringing a very curious self to the table and really trying to lead from where you are. Yeah, absolutely. And so along the way now, before we really get to your role today, you also have uh, been involved in a couple of different organizations, not the least of which is one of my very favorite organizations, FFA. So let's talk a little bit about what that has done for you. Um, that very close to my heart, and I attribute my FFA experiences and my ag teachers to the reason that I've had a successful career. So you in not too long ago in 2022, received the Influential Women Leaders in Ag Award, and that was through FFA. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we at Justin, we sponsor the Texas FFA, and every year we're uh, one of the presenting sponsors of their convention here in what's well, normally in Dallas or Fort Worth, and it's moving to Houston this next year. And so we're really actively involved. We have a big activation there. And this past year, they reached out to include me in this this group of women. And it was it was so special because I was in FFA as a kid and I loved it. It was kind of like my everything along with the horses. And it was either 11 or 10 years to the day that they gave me this influential women's award. 
that I was up on stage in Lubbock, Texas at the FFA, the state convention, getting my Lone Star degree. And that's the one where it's it's a thousand hours of a specific type of of experience doing something. And mine was in vet tech because my my part-time job was being a vet tech and writing an essay and it, definitely an esteemed award that's pretty hard to get. And my ag teacher, Miss Shirt, she encouraged me. She was like, you've got to do this because I did the vet tech team, the judging team, and then the horse judging team. And so she like really poured into me and took us on all these trips to do these judging competitions. I feel like I learned some confidence there and some people skills and some speaking skills. It was just so much fun. And so being able to have that full circle moment of coming back and, you know, meeting the kids that were in my shoes was just like, oh my gosh, how is this real? Yes. Those moments when we're like, wait a minute, that was how long ago? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And we can look back and really attribute. I'm glad you, you know, spoke about the judging team and doing speaking and so many of those skills. And then certainly a shout out to our ag teachers, because you use a word that I use often, and that is they poured into me. So they pour into their students. And that was, as I mentioned recently, I spoke to a middle school ag class and I'll tell you how I got to that point was it was because my high school ag teachers, when I was in college, had a baby and that baby is now an ag teacher in Lexington, Kentucky for middle schoolers. And so I went and spoke to her class. And again, it's just that full circle moment of looking at her and being like, oh my gosh, she is such her mother's child. Here she is pouring into these students much the same way her mother and father poured into me when I was in their classes in high school. So I wanted to make sure that we give that shout out to FFA and encourage again, our listeners who have the opportunity to get involved in those organizations. They just really are invaluable to your future. Absolutely. And honestly, like pouring into is the perfect set of words because I remember it was Stacy and Chris shirts. They were married and they were in charge of the department and their kids were kind of raised in our department, honestly, after school, they would come and hang out in the ag hall with us. And they were, it was just this big family and it was a safe place to be. It was a place that we all knew that we could come to and vent if we needed to, because chemistry was hard that day or stuff was, you know, not going so well with the animals that we were raising or anything like that. Or we had questions about our career or something we were studying and it was just a safe place. And honestly, it was fun too. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I have the exact same experience. So a shout out to FFA and all those ag teachers out there for pouring into us. We appreciate you. So let's then jump on. There's one other award, very prestigious award that you have recently received, Jessica, and that is the Cowgirl 30 Under 30. So tell us about that. Yeah. So this is something that's been around for, I believe they're going on their fifth year, fourth or fifth year. And Cowgirl Magazine, which the gentleman who runs it, Ken, he is amazing. He's such a champion of women. He's built a really great brand with Cowgirl Magazine. And we work with them a decent amount as Justin doing advertising. But their team there is just, they're just the best. Um, Callie and Carly, just love them, love them to death. And they've built this program to honor women. There's a, in our industry, there's the National Cowgirl Museum. And it's a, it's a hall of fame. And every year... I think it's four or five women get inducted. And these are women at the, you know, the very peak of their careers. And they've been in the trenches for decades. I mean, decades, and they're legendary. And he wanted to build something like this that would 
celebrate up and coming women, women that would hopefully someday be on that stage and being in that hall of fame. And I think it was really, really brave of him to do that because it's a very tough industry. It's cowboy, it's rough and tough. It's very, it's also very humble. Uh, We don't really talk about what we're good at or necessarily like brag about our accomplishments. It's very humble and meek. And that's why I love it. But it was a really cool time to say, let's talk about the the young women who are going to make an impact on our industry. They're already starting to, and the ripple waves that, that can have. And it's been great because you get to know your class of 29 other women and you kind of have this sisterhood with them, but then even the women that were before you and the ones that are after you, there's some, there's just this like unspoken connection of, oh, we're, we're in this kind of same boat. And so you know, you hear of somebody looking for a job. We have a Facebook group where we'll message each other. Someone's looking for a job and everyone's jumping in. Hey, have you tried this? Or, oh, I think you'd be perfect here. I'd love to connect you to so-and-so. Or, hey, we have this event this weekend. I need a photographer. Does anybody have any recommendations? Oh, you so-and-so. And and she's a friend of ours. And it's just a really great place to build each other up and just a solid network. And it's supported by some great sponsors. So it's, it's been awesome being a part of it. And I encourage all the women on my team to, you know, keep applying for it and do things that could make you stand out. And that, that is serving your community is number one. Anytime you can jump in and do something you're passionate about in a volunteer sense, that's really going to stand out. And then taking chances on big projects, you know, when there's something, something comes up, it's may not be in your wheelhouse, raising your hand. Hey, I'd like to give it a shot, jump on YouTube, learn something, read a book about it and try your best. But that's kind of how you, you uh, get some skin in the game and see those fruits kind of pay off. Yeah, such great advice. And that really brings us to your first point. I always ask our guests to provide maybe two or three pieces of advice. And Jessica, you say first and foremost, really exploring areas to work with horses and enjoy the lifestyle without being a boarding manager or trainer. And your piece of advice is find your skill set and apply that to the market. And so tell us a little bit about that. You've alluded to, you've given us great examples in your own career journey, but when you say find your skill set, what does that mean to you? Yeah. I mean, it's really just finding your secret sauce and it doesn't happen overnight. It's a lot of trial and error. One advice I always give people is serve in some way at like a nonprofit or some type of volunteer situation because the stakes are a lot lower. I tried managing their social media. You may fall in love with it. You may not. And if you don't, a closed door was going to lead you to an open door sooner. And it may be, try some graphic design. Again, may not be your thing. Try interfacing with people trying to do some fundraising. That might be your thing that applies to sales. I mean, it's really just trying a little bit of everything. And when you find your thing, you'll know because it's not easy, but it's easy. I know that doesn't really make sense. It doesn't come easy, but it's, you're enjoying it and it's a little bit natural. So it's not a challenge. (laughs) And I know that sounds so contradictory. Well, and I, I don't think it does. I continue to repeat that doing hard things makes life easier. And usually I sub simpler, right? For the word easy. And so doing some of those hard things where you may go in thinking, well, this is really hard and I don't know how to do it. Maybe we need to finish that sentence with, I don't know how to do this yet, but doing hard things will make our life simpler. And I think that's the point. And that's what you're sharing is this isn't 
some sort of destination that we're really trying to get to. It truly is, however cliche that this statement sounds, it is the journey, not the destination. And so it's the everyday. It's what we are accomplishing along the way. It's the the pieces and parts that come together, the connections that we make, the collaborations that we have and the skills that we learn. And so I really love that and developing those skills on purpose with intention. So yeah, I think that that's really good advice to find your skill set and recognize that. And once you find it, you just know. You just know. I love to be, and I'm a little bit in in some of those same stages, right? I think we go through those stages multiple times in our life because, again, I have repeated, I have my newest dream job. I've had about four dream jobs in my career, and they were truly my dream job. There's not a, a regret out there. But in this current dream job, I am learning a lot, and it is finding those skill sets. I love to speak and share with organizations and teams and help them get better with their mindset and skill set. And so getting up there and doing that and sharing because of my experiences, it really is go out and find it and you'll know. You'll know what you're supposed to be doing and where you're supposed to be. They call that flow, right? Like when an artist gets in their flow, it's like that, it just comes out. Yeah, that's a great word for it. So that simplifies and summarizes that piece of advice. Now, number two, Jessica, you talk about climbing. You alluded to this climbing when you get your foot in the door, learning new skills on YouTube, taking things off your boss's plate to help them succeed. You will get rewarded and evolve in your role. I couldn't love this anymore. I do not think it's been said nearly this well from any of our guests yet. It, you know, we say it in different ways. Uh, It goes back to you bringing value, but boy, do I love this one is learn new skills and take things off other people's plates. So tell us more. Yeah. So in both of my roles with companies so far, I have really, I've been so fortunate to really kind of just become our CEO's right-hand man in all honesty. And the first one, it was because I was employee number one. I was his only, I was his only hand. So I was the only one there. And we built a really great relationship. I was very close with him and I learned a ton from him. We had a candid relationship where it was, you know, if he was doing something that was rubbing me the wrong way, I could, it was safe to speak it. And then same with him. If I was doing something that needed to be done better, he could say it and I wouldn't just crumble. And so that really helped kind of refine me into the professional I am today. And honestly, it was just, it was a lot of raising my hand and saying, Hey, I can figure that out because we're horse people. We can figure it out. There's so much about horses that is so hard and complicated and we just figure it out. There's no like manual of how to keep a horse alive, but we do. And then whenever I moved over to Justin, I started as the content developer. And so I didn't work a ton with, he was formerly our CMO and I didn't work a ton with him, but I kind of worked through the, the manager that who managed me. And once him and I started kind of having direct meetings where he would review my work and I would bring him ideas, we started to kind of build that partnership, that, that relationship and started learning like how to understand what he wanted from our team and then how to translate that to other people. So I could make sure we were all on the same page. And then that kind of led to me becoming the marketing manager. And then when he was the CMO, And then recently, earlier this year, he got promoted up into president. 
and I got promoted up into director of marketing. And I still, I still feel like from a marketing standpoint, I am his right hand. And it was something that in that climb, I just learned that I took more and more off his plate so that he could focus on the bigger picture and trust that what was happening in marketing, he just had to wipe his hands and walk away because he knew it was going to get done in a timely manner and correctly. And that's something that I've been kind of coaching the my team on is if you want to climb, you got to take stuff off the plate of whoever's above you and show them that you can be relied on. And um, yeah, it's just turned out really, really well. And so that's a piece of advice that I I give everybody. And just, if you don't know how to do something, not necessarily fake it till you make it, but lean in to being a little uncomfortable and go to somebody in your company who does know how to do it or somebody outside of your company who knows how to do it and say, I'll buy you lunch. I'll buy you a coffee. I'll buy you a pair of boots. You know, we've got connections here. I, I want to learn. You're really good at this one thing. And like, that's something that we do a lot here. We have a uh, corporate division that kind of manages all of the back end of our websites. And they're so skilled and technical at SEO and backlinking and UI UX. And we lean on them a ton and ask questions. We're not going to pretend that we know how to do any of that stuff super well. We know enough to be dangerous, but we rely super closely on them to guide us in the right direction because they're the experts there. And so just leaning into people that know what they're doing and being confident enough to say, I don't really understand this. Can we break it down and talk about it? You'll learn more and you'll eventually be able to take more off your boss's plate. And if they're a really good boss, they will reward that. Yeah. Such great advice. And then we, and we always talk so much about in acronyms, right? So I always like to just clarify, especially for our younger listeners, but maybe there are some of you out there that are going to fall in love with doing SEO and backlinking and what I didn't even know the third one that you mentioned, but search engine optimization and some of this coding and those types of things uh, that are very foreign to me as well. And then one other acronym that you mentioned was the CMO, which is our chief marketing officer. So I always just like to give shout outs to those different roles that are out there so that our listeners are hearing what these opportunities are and that you still are industry and you're working with horse people and in the ag industry and animal health and all of these options and opportunities are out there and available. Yeah. And the, the UI UX is it's user interface or user experience. And so it's the flow of how someone will interface with a website or with an app. And so there's a lot of technical design skills that come into place there, but it's all about people. How are people going to interact with this? Yes. It's all about people. And that's another just clarification for our listeners is when you talk about understanding your skills and finding that skill set. Some of us know we want to work with people a lot. Other people are like, well, I don't really want to work with people. We're all going to work with people in some capacity. But if you do prefer to be on the back end of some of the marketing or technology or whatever that looks like, those opportunities are out there also. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many different variety of, of ways. And I even think about a vet. Someone always told me, oh, people that want to be vets, they love animals. It's like, well, most of the time you're working with people. Most of the time you're working on animals, but you're working with people. So people are necessities. <laughs> relationships, relationships, relationships. Cannot stress that enough. <laughs> Yes. And that is sometimes, and, and oftentimes now it's where I focus my time in training and coaching is 
that right there relationships and connections, because that really is the gap. And that gap is getting a little bit wider. You know, I talk about really putting our heart back in our hustle and returning humanity to our everyday interactions, because until we acknowledge and understand that it truly is about recognizing who we are and then being able and willing to work with other people who are different than we are and communicate in different ways. That's the piece I believe that in addition to our academic excellence or clinical excellence, that we really need to focus on our people skills and communication skills. So without a doubt, I'm always pushing that one. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite parts about this job is the people side of it. There's some really great people here. And I've always heard the saying of people admire your strengths, but they connect with your weaknesses. And that's something I've tried to lean into as a leader here of not pretending I know it all, or I've got it all figured out, but being honest and open with people and and being candid where it's uh, where it's appropriate. And say, hey, I don't really understand that fully. Let's talk about it. Or can you explain that to the group in case someone here doesn't understand what that is? And that's just a level of humility that I think serves the team really well. Something I always tell the team is we're, we are small egos on a big mission. And I think that kind of helps us take our own little personal games out of it, which is better for the company and everyone. I just love this. Jessica, I'm over here taking notes. I mean, small egos on a big, big mission. I have not heard that before. I'm going to use it. That's going to be incorporated. I hope you don't have that trademarked because I might start using that. Yeah, (laughs) it's good stuff. (laughs) Yes, that is good stuff. So as we kind of get to your current place in life, you are the director of marketing with Justin Brands, you know, so you focus on collaboration, creativity, innovation, and Tell us a little bit about that role. You've been there now for two years and tell us a little bit about this dream job that you have. Yeah, uh, I could do this all day. (laughs) Well, so, I mean, I guess it's just, it's the dream job because we've been around since 1879 and no other boot company can really say that. And we're so invested in the rodeo community. We have a cowboy crisis fund that we've donated nearly $10 million in the past 30 years directly to injured cowboys and cowgirls and their families to feed them while, while there's an injury. And that's something that we're so passionate about here and just doing the right thing. I think one thing that's former management, um, we kind of let some, we were, Justin has always been the big dog, big dog on the block always. And in the past 10 years or so, we got a little lax thinking, oh, they're never going to catch up to us. And quite a few brands did, and they've surpassed us. And they've done a really good job building solid brands with great stories and some great product. And we have the management in place now across a multitude of departments that are so, so, so solid that we've seen the, the ship really starting to turn this past year. And next year is going to be massive. We have so much on our plate right now that is going to blossom and our our customers are going to see it next year. Our retailers are starting to see it already. And it has been, this past year has been a million miles a minute. Like seriously, on my resume, it literally says that I'm a chaos coordinator. And I have never lived up to that saying more in this last year because there's been so much change, but it's been so positive and we're bringing in new team members. I've got a really solid team now and just brought on a new person who's showing a lot of a lot of promise. And yeah, there's just a lot of really good stuff coming. We have some great partnerships in the works that I can't talk about yet, but I'm so excited about. And yeah, I mean it's it's really come down to I think in former years 
sales, marketing, and product development PD, they never really worked together. They're kind of in their own little silos. And this year, I feel like we ripped those silos down that there is, there is no division between the departments. It's not, uh, well, sales did that. Well, marketing did, oh, that's all PD. It's a, no, Justin did that. That was Justin. And I think I interface more with our sales executives and our PD executive more than my team on an average day, but at this leadership position, I think that matters. And we're working together in a way we've never worked together before. And those fruits of that labor are starting to pay off of, oh, it makes sense if, cause you know, PD makes the product and then sales comes in and they're in charge of selling it in, which means they're taking it to a retailer and saying, Hey, you need to buy these boots to have on your shelves at this price so that you can mark it up to this price and make this much money. And then marketing comes in to drive the demand and sell through. And so we're the ones that are promoting on social media and on TV, on YouTube, on billboards, so that people go into your local Western wear store and say, I want this boot that I saw on my social media. This is the one that I want. And so that's kind of how we all work together as a whole, but being able to sit down with PD when they're working on a boot for next year and say, okay, let me see that technology. What is going to be the story here? And being able to develop that. And then sales comes in and says, oh, this is going to be perfect for this type of account. And at this price point, so that you guys at PD can make sure that the materials match up to that price point. So these are conversations that are happening before a boot even exists. And that's helping us get ahead of it and just have synergy and making sure that we're not just making a boot because it's pretty. We're making a boot because it serves a specific purpose for a specific group of people in a specific region. And that's happening so well right now. And so I, there's just so much promise for the future, but yeah, I mean, there's just so many people to learn from here. We have people that have worked here for like, no joke earlier this year, a gentleman retired. He worked here for 50 years and we have a gentleman in our factory who he is 94, his name's Samuel, and he's still making boots. And so that shows you the quality of this company and I, like, I can't talk about it too much because I'll probably cry, but this office is uh, Mr. Justin's office, his former office. And so John Justin Jr., he worked in this office and I'm like, oh my gosh, I wore his boots growing up and I admired his brand since a child and I literally work in his office. So I'm like, pinch me, pinch me, pinch me. This can't be real. But yeah, it's just, you know, there's hard days and crazy days, but at the end of the day, I love what I do and I love who I work with and the brand that this, that I wear, like that means everything to me. So the hard days just seem like, okay, yeah, it's a little tough, but we're having so much fun. Yes. Uh, what a cool story. And I do, again, I just want to clarify for our listeners, PD is product development. So there's another job option for those listeners. Do you want to, you want to be part of, of making something that's going to go to market? It could be making a boot. It could be making animal feed. It could, you know, but when it comes to product development across our industry, every company really has product development, research and development, whatever they call it. So I wanted to highlight that as well, but what a cool story and a great brand to be a part of. And it sounds like such an exciting time, Jessica. Yeah. Yeah. So, so grateful. So as we wrap up, the other part that I want to highlight is I am a stalker of yours on Instagram because you have this Instagram called The Road Jess Traveled. So tell us about The Road Jess Traveled. 
Yeah. So when I was coming up with names for my photography business, I came through all these names and it, my maiden name and then my married name and something about just being Jess. And my full name is Jessica, but I've always been called just Jess. And I always think that I do things a little bit differently than everybody else. And I'm not afraid to take the hard path. And I think, again, it comes back to horses. They're not easy, but they're worth it. And so I'm okay rolling up my sleeves and kind of chopping through the uh, the brush to be able to get to a nice, pretty view on the other side of that trail. And so I always loved the saying about taking the road less traveled. And I was like, oh, Jess. And so that's, that's kind of how it came to be, just kind of punny. But yeah, I mean, I use it as a place where... I like to, I, I take photography obviously, and then I like writing. I really enjoy just making feelings come into words. And so I built the series called horses, like horses taught me. And it's basically, I think through little life lessons that I've learned because of horses. And it's the small things about you get bucked off, you get back on stuff about the details matter and how there's always a team involved and sometimes you have to get a wet saddle to get some work done. You know, I mean, that's something that's just kind of been a fun little side passion project of mine and it's really resonated with people. So that's been fun. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, again, just really speaks to your balance. So I kind of call it life balance because that other conflictual words phrase that we won't use, but I, I really feel like you are showcasing a really great balance between your family and the role that you have at Justin and the road just traveled as being something that really fulfills you. And so I'm always, these are the stories I love to share and highlight because it is possible to live inspired, fulfilled, and empowered. And that comes from everything you've talked to us about today, right? Pursuing your skill set, working hard, and understanding who you are and where you are, and proceeding with purpose and intention. So I just love what you've shared with us. I'll finish up, Jess, with asking you the question for our listeners. How do you define success? Yeah, that's a big one. I think it's just getting 1% better every day. And that's something that uh, I think I talked about in one of my Horses Taught Me series about there's a, there's a trainer and I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, man, but he talks about don't try to complete that pattern fully every time you ride. Like that's just too much. It's too much for you. It's too much for the horse. It's too much to ask and too much could go wrong. And he's like, just focus on being 1% better. And in a hundred days, you're completely better. And that's huge. And that's bite-sized progress. And that, that could be as simple as your horse doesn't like standing still for mounting and just getting up and down, up and down until we have two seconds of standing still. And then you're done for the day. That's not a great ride. You didn't really even truly ride, but it, you are 1% better. We got to a spot that's good. And so for success for me is just constantly getting better. Um, I'm really big on, I don't ever want the success to go to my head. I do want to stay humble and know that at the end of the day, this, this is as much as I love this, this is just a job and I'm replaceable, but I think that that's a good way to remember that not make this job my end all be all and find my purpose, you know, with my husband and my faith and with my horses and the house that we're building and the life we're building together, but having so much fun at the job in the meantime. And so, yeah, I think honestly, success just comes down to getting a little bit better every single day. 
So much wisdom, just so much wisdom from you. Is there anything else? So our listeners certainly can find you on Instagram under the road, just traveled. And I found you on LinkedIn. So they now know also that they can connect with you on LinkedIn and anything else that you would share as we wrap up with young people, especially who are really looking at pursuing careers in and around animal agriculture, equine, et cetera. Yeah, I would just say, don't be afraid to try something new or that seems outside of your comfort zone. Uh, Never in a million years would I would have thought that I would be working in marketing and advertising at all. You could have asked me that and I would have bet money against it, but I tried it out and gave it a little bit of gumption and it worked out well. And so I would say, yeah, don't be afraid to try new things and just keep going. As soon as you feel like you're hitting a wall, you're really close to just a breakthrough. Like you're so close. So just keep going. I couldn't say it any better. So with that, Jessica Ogden, thank you so much for sharing this story and your advice with our listeners. It means so much to me and to our audience. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. And so listeners, uh, we will see you back same time next week for the Thriving Equine Professional. With that, cheers. Have a great day. Thriver, I hope this episode inspired and empowered you to keep growing. If so, I'd be so grateful if you hit that share button and send it to your tribe so they can thrive too. And while you're there, please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so everyone can find the show. I love to know what keeps you listening, especially if I'm at the barn with you. I'll meet you back here same time next week. Cheers, Jody.